Welcome back. This is another podcast from the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. I'm Erin Collins, its executive director. Joining me as co-host of today's episode is Dr. Phil Toll, a Florida Alliance board member and state licensed mental health counselor. Dr. Toll, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Erin. It's really nice to be here. So human trafficking evokes a lot of different emotions. I know that, you know, for me, it's anger, it's overwhelming, um, it's, you know, sorrowful, um, but it's also encouraging and motivating. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm not a lot um, a specialized healthcare professional like you are, or um, other people that we work with that are in law enforcement. But the prevented or the motivating and encouraging thing is how many people want to learn about the topic in a fact, non-myth way to, you know, better them themselves to, again, get accurately educated on the topic, but then also to protect their community. Um, how in your um, professional experience dealing, whether it's with, you know, client survivors or, you know, speaking to different groups around the state and the country, um, how do people get to kind of the action phase? You know, we, we say a lot, we see a lot. There are a lot of different issues that, you know, are inflicting society. And sometimes people so feel so overwhelmed, they don't know what to do. But, you know, with the Florida Alliance and our training, it's something tangible that I feel is is palatable um, and is a good investment where people people's minds have been changed from what they thought human trafficking was or some of the stereotypes, but then also feeling connected to say, you know what, when I'm out running my errands, um, I'm not going to look at my phone or listen, you know, to something that's distracting, but really to be engaged and, and look at my surroundings. Um, so how do you how do you feel? Um, you know, when people say, oh, the, the topic is so overwhelming, I don't know what to do. What would be your kind of advice or what would you tell them? Well, I think the first step is what we continuously talk about with the Alliance is that education. Because so often people don't, it can't happen here. It's not, you know, those are those are people being brought in from other countries, you know, that our own, our own citizens aren't being trafficked. And we know that that's not true at all, that many, many Americans are being trafficked. And that it's real. And so this is a topic, while been going on, you know, probably since the beginning of humankind, um, is just coming to the forefront in the last number of years to say, this is real, it's real in your community. And so learning to recognize the signs, and also, again, that, that each and every one of us hopefully can accept the responsibility of assisting others. So when we see something that doesn't look right, stepping up and sharing the information with others. And and they don't have to do it all. That's really an important piece. You're not the one that has to solve this situation, but it's working together that is going to allow us to hopefully someday eradicate human trafficking altogether, both labor and sex trafficking. Because labor really is a much greater number than sex trafficking. And so we talk about those vulnerabilities, particularly you know, in rural areas and migrant workers that may be undocumented or may just be fearful of, of their experience and, and what opportunities they have available to them. And of course, being you know, coerced and, and forced into situations that they normally wouldn't. And, and like you know, nail salons and other places where there's tremendous vulnerability um, and fear, you know, for whatever reason, perpetrators, you know, 
have learned that fear is a hugely motivating factor. And if I can instill fear in you that something bad's going to happen if you say anything, even to those who are observing, you know, so there's some fear around sharing the information for what may happen. And so in helping them recognize, hey, you're not alone in this fight to end human trafficking, that you are uh, one person in a long and in, in a, a number of individuals that can in, in intervene and then providing appropriate, adequate and support, you know, for survivors is, is the best way to step in. So great point, Dr. Toll, talking about our rural and agricultural communities, specifically here in Florida, you know, the commercial sexual um, exploitive situations, you know, grab the headlines um, because a lot of arrests are made around those. Um, and especially when it's involving a minor, um, you know, people feel a lot of different emotions and, and want to do something. But labor trafficking globally um, is a much larger issue, you know, forced labor, indentured servitude than commercial sexual exploitation. And the state of Florida has the um, dishonorable mention, I'll say, and characterize as being second in the country for reports of forced labor and labor trafficking to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. The other thing I wanted to mention with with regards to agricultural and um, farming communities, because we have so many in our, in our state, the Florida Alliance sought and received a state grant to update our awareness course to five different native languages, including Spanish, Haitian Creole, French, Portuguese, and Mandarin. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Toll, there's a lot of different awareness campaigns that sometimes can be overwhelming. There's January Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month. There's World Trafficking in Persons Day, which are, are two distinct points throughout the year. But as we know, human trafficking and exploitation goes on 365, 24-7. Can you talk about the importance of having an engaged public and community throughout the year to be able to spot the signs, report, you know, suspicious activity, and hopefully ultimately put an end to it. Absolutely. And you hit on a point, Erin, that's critically important for individuals to understand, which is that going back to that installation of hope. So those of us working, and I say those of us, meaning everybody in our communities, learning to recognize the signs and being able to intervene to some degree, because very often the victims or the survivors, I don't like the word victim, survivors, you know, whether it's a labor trafficking experience or a sexual exploitation experience, do not feel as though they deserve to be helped. And so that installation of hope and that, that be able to project that we are people who are here to support you because you are deserving of the support. Predators, traffickers, um, you know, prey on those individuals with vulnerabilities. You don't have to have a vulnerability in order to be um, trafficked. You know, those vulnerabilities are things that make us, you know, our self-esteem uh, decline, our feelings of value and worth decline, the opportunities for support um, and intervention by others. We don't feel that we're worthy of those. You know, the adverse childhood experiences, the ace, aces that people hear about, things like, um, you know, growing up in foster care, growing up in a single parent family, growing up in poverty, growing up in a home where there was domestic violence, growing up in a home where there was abuse, neglect, um, um, under, you know, under um, 
missed opportunities for education, you know, those kinds of things um, that increase our vulnerabilities. And then, you know, predators prey on those individuals and look for those individuals. They are singled out, you know, because they're easier to groom, you know, and when they feel like I'm not worthy and someone comes along initially in the in the grooming phase of giving them things and making them feel important, it doesn't last very long, um, but that's how they, you know, um, become a, an important part of their lives to, to um, exploit them and, and use them. And so understanding that this individual that we're seeing and, and recognizing is most likely a survivor of human trafficking, um, that we're there, that we're present, and we're going to be consistently present. We can't come in and out because that increases their vulnerability and increases the opportunity where they feel rejected and may run back, which we know happens frequently to their trafficker. You know, people don't understand that piece. And that's such a huge part of education is that, you know, it's like you're trying to help and they go went back to their trafficker. They must want to do that. No, that's a part of the process. And that's that, you know, Stockholm syndrome, the brainwashing that occurs. And so if we're present in that experience of healing from whatever whatever you know part of our community we're coming from, it's important to share the message. You're important to me. You're important enough for us to work with you and serve you. Again, countless numbers of clients say, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. Don't waste your time. And it is, they are worth it, as, as we all know, but I think it, it needs to be said repeatedly. You are worth it. You are worth it. And I'm not going anywhere. No matter what you give back to me, no matter what I get from that, you know, trauma perspective, I'm not going anywhere. Well, and to further emphasize those points about, you know, care and, um, you know, therapies for survivors once identified, those things can't happen without an engaged and informed community and citizens. So the 100% Club, which we'll learn more and hear from today's podcast uh, guest, but the 100% Club is an awareness campaign led by Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody, who challenges Florida businesses and organizations to join her and the Florida Alliance in the end in the fight to end human trafficking. And it is a partnership between those organizations and the Florida Office of the Attorney General that recognizes companies for taking proactive steps to train employees on the signs of human trafficking and, and for providing quick references and materials to effectively report human trafficking. We know that when people are equipped with facts, with resources, with, with proper education and training, that they are truly the eyes and ears of our communities throughout Florida. Um, and so, you know, Dr. Toll, because you are um, a healthcare professional, you know, you receive, you know, substantive, very specific training on an ongoing basis. And there's a lot of other industries that require, you know, certain trainings for continuing education and compliance purposes. But I love the 100% Club training challenge for all businesses and industries. Because again, to the, the mission of what the campaign, you know, really seeks to do is to train everyone because we don't have cities, towns, you know, communities without the businesses and the individuals who are, are working in those different locations. Um, can you talk about why it's so important 
um, for CEOs, for presidents of small businesses, large corporations. We're very blessed here in the state of Florida to be headquartered or home to several, you know, Fortune 550, um, you know, you name it, uh, organizations. And they all can be even better corporate stewards, um, you know, by keeping their community safe through an awareness training like ours. So can you talk about the importance of how business owners and leaders can play in the fight against human trafficking? Well, and, you know, as we all talk about, it's from the top down. So when you have your CEOs and presidents of companies that value the information that's going to support intervention with trafficking and to support, you know, getting survivors into care and supporting that care, you know, from the perspective of, you know, being vocal and, you know, business leaders, business, you know, CEOs are people who are listened to. And so they can be a voice, you know, to legislators, you know, to the community, to um, all people to hear this is important because we coexist on this planet and that we all deserve the same opportunities. You know, it's great that we are requiring legislatively certain businesses to get this education. You know, this is a grandiose idea, but I would love to see everybody who renews their driver's license at least one time in the life of that have to get this education. Because that means all of us have you know, the opportunity for all of us to get the information that's going to help open our eyes and see you know, experiences that may look like trafficking. So let's, let's give that piece of the puzzle you know, to those who can really intervene. Because um, again, I said it earlier, it takes a village. So, and, and we're all in different walks of life. So when I see the leaders of big business, like the 100 Club saying, this is important because we do coexist on this planet together, and we have a responsibility to care for one another. In this podcast episode, we'll hear from McKenna Tansky, Marketing Specialist with PGT Innovations. Joining me today is McKenna Tansky with PGT Innovations. McKenna, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be on. So can you tell our audience about PGT Innovations and your role with the company? Yes. So PGT Innovations is a Florida-based window and door manufacturer, and I work specifically in corporate marketing right now. Um, in that role, I do a lot of work with our nonprofits and our charities that we partner with and oversee our philanthropy efforts as a corporate um, corporate social responsibility type of role. Wonderful. McKenna, your professional journey to get to the role that you have today with PGT is very interesting. Can you tell us about that? Yes. I actually interned for the company in, I think it was 2017 or 2018. And um, in my internship at the end, you had to present basically an idea to the executive team about how the company could improve, whether that be products or something in the marketing department or something financially. Um, and I noticed that the company really didn't have anything in marketing around a cause marketing type of project or campaign. Um, and cause marketing and um, nonprofits, charities, specifically in the anti-human trafficking realm, have always been very close to my heart. So I like automatically knew I wanted to inspire them to um, get more involved in the nonprofits charities realm. And I also knew that the executives at PGT Innovations were very, um, they, they do sit on boards of like Children's First and Girls Inc. So they're very involved in like children's and women's um, outreaches. 
So I knew right away that um, stopping human trafficking would be something that would be close to their hearts and something that they would go along with. Um, so I, I prepared a presentation basically about a cause marketing campaign that we could do around an anti-human trafficking efforts. And um, they accepted it with great open arms and um, the presentation went great. And after that, I went back to finish my last year at Auburn and ended up getting a job with the company after I graduated. And uh, part of my role coming in was working on the corporate social responsibility side and creating more of a defined program for them because um, in the past, their efforts, their philanthropy efforts were really just all over the place. Um, so we wanted a, a main focus, a prime goal, um, and something that we could really rally our team members behind. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came to be and my role came to be. That's very cool and, and what a great story. So unfortunately, as we know, Florida, the state of Florida ranks third for the number of calls to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Uh, human trafficking and exploitation, unfortunately, knows no boundaries with regards to gender, age, ethnicity, uh, community zip code, you know, throughout our state. Um, but there's still, you know, folks who are unaware that it's happening, um, you know, throughout throughout our community and, and Florida. Um, where did you learn about human trafficking first or, or where did you first hear about the, the term and 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 the issue? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, um, when I was in high school, I think it was, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Um, and part of this mission trip was to help the women and children who lived on the streets and worked on the streets. Um, so it was very eye-opening to see trafficking happening firsthand. Um, I'll never forget one project that we did while we were there was called the Rose Project. And basically we handed out roses to women that were on the streets um, just to show them that they were loved, valued, cared for, that there's you know more out there for them than what they're currently living in, the situation that they're currently living in. Um, and I remember we walked to the red zone, that's what this place is called at the, in the Dominican. And we, right when we turned the corner, it was like this sense of darkness and this sense of just like despair and, a defeat. Um, and you turn the corner and these women are all there and we started handing out these roses to them. And there was one um, young girl, I think she was probably like 13 or 14, like she was very young. Um, and I handed her the rose and she, uh, she looked at me and she had broken English, but she looked at me and said that she doesn't deserve something as beautiful as this. And my heart just broke, you know, hearing that from a young girl, probably younger than me at the time and um, seeing the situation that she was living in and being forced to work in um, really just struck something in me, I think. Um, and then later that night, we found out that these girls were being trafficked, that they had a pimp who came around earlier and made us leave. Um, it was a really bad situation, but just seeing that happen firsthand really struck a chord in me and I after that, did a lot of research on it and um, educated myself basically on how to stop this issue and um, how to spread awareness and what to what to do to help this issue. Um, I was also involved in the modeling industry um, when I was younger, and it is unfortunately very, very prevalent and very hidden in the industry. Um, it's almost just a part of the industry's DNA, unfortunately, um, is trafficking and um predators, photographers, ad agencies, just the power that they have over women 
who want, a, a, who have a big dream. You know, they, the predators know that these women have big dreams and they, they use that against them. Um, so unfortunately I was able, or I, I had, I saw a lot of the trafficking within the industry as well, um, happening to people around me and just witnessing that kind of stuff firsthand makes you want to do everything you can to stop it and do everything you can to raise awareness and make sure that women and girls and um, people know, you know, to stop the demand of it and um, just talk about it, just bring it up more in conversations. Yeah, it again, we we think of the stereotypes sometimes around human trafficking, whether commercial sexual exploitation or labor trafficking. And they, as you stated, it is hidden in plain sight. And that's why it's so important for everyone, regardless of their industry, to take a training, to learn the signs, the potential indicators of human trafficking, and know what to do and where to report it. I'm going to transition. Um, you know, you mentioned your role with PGT Innovations. PGT um, is a member of the Florida Attorney General's Highway Heroes Program and inaugural member of the 100% Club. Can you tell us why it was so important for the leadership, for you, um, for your your the fellow employees and your coworkers? Um, because again, your drivers are all over the state, you know, the country, they have the opportunity to see a lot of different things that, um, you know, an average citizen doesn't. So why was it so important for you all um, and your leadership to, to take the training? Yeah. So when I came into this role, I was looking for ways to connect us to stop human trafficking efforts. And I didn't necessarily know how that would look, but it kind of was handed to me in a silver platter by the Highway Heroes Program because as um, a large manufacturer in Florida, we do have one of the largest trucking fleets um, in the state, which means that we have a ton of eyes and ears and men who are out there on the road, men and women who are who can be trained to see these, these things and to, to know what to do when they, if and when they see it on the roads. Um, and unfortunately, as you know, a lot of the trafficking happens or the transportation of victims is happening along the highways um, especially in Florida, being a number three state of trafficking. Um, so along the the, road, the rest stops and the gas stations and the motels and the you know restaurants along the highways, um, these are all very hot spots for trafficking and for traffickers to you know move their victims. So having our truckers trained was like top priority to get every single trucker trained and to ensure that they were prepared to encounter a situation like this and to be on the lookout while they're at these rest stops, while they're taking their breaks, while they're going into these gas stations so that if they do see something, they can act accordingly and possibly save, save someone's life. Yeah. And that's the goal. You know, there are a lot of different things that, you know, as um, we as employees um, and leaders and companies, you know, require of, you know, its workforce. Um, so I'm curious, how was the training received by your drivers um, and the folks at PGT? It was it was received with open arms, honestly, more better than I thought it would be, because this was one of the first programs of its kind that we started to implement, you know, a, a training to help the this is our society to help our community to help the world and um, you know they've gone through trainings you know how to drive safely and CDL trainings and stuff like that but never necessarily a training on how to help others um, and it was surprisingly received very well by both our truck drivers and our internal employees that took the training as well 
Um, they rallied behind it. They wanted to get shirts made. They um, wanted all their certificates. They have their certificates posted up in their, their vehicles and um, they wanted little magnets for their vehicles. Like they were all in when we, when we told them about this cause and they really rallied behind us. So it was nice to see that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, PGT has been so proactive and it's nice to, to learn that the training was appreciated, that the employees learned something and were equipped with the resources to be able to you know, call the hotline number, local law enforcement, 911, if they think um, someone is in immediate danger. Are there any anecdotal stories that you might be able to share about how the training impacted the drivers and, and your employees, just as humans, um, you know, we we're exposed to a lot. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, your drivers are 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 tirelessly working all hours of the night and the day, holidays. Um, you know, they're so dedicated, and that just you know the nature of the industry sometimes, you know, can take a toll on you. But then also, you know, taking this this training, we're all you know family members somehow, kids or guardians. We have um, you know different types of you know little people um, in our lives. How how did the training impact those drivers and, and the people who completed the course? So I got tons of emails after um, most of the drivers finished the course, and after our sales team and our field service team finished the course. Um, just about how impactful the training was to them, and how much they learned, how much they didn't even know could be going unseen right in front of their eyes. Um, I, I remember a few emails about drivers being like, I think I've, I think I've seen something like this before and I didn't know what to do, or I wasn't sure that it was actually happening. I just turned away and I will not do that again. Um, so just seeing how drivers looked back in their past to see, oh, maybe this was a situation like that and I'm not gonna do the same thing I'm going to take action in the future because of this training was super, um, you know, heartening, super um, exciting to hear because they actually took it to heart and they actually want to make a difference. And they actually want to be looking for this while they're on the roads. It's not something, I mean, I've been on road trips many times and most of the time I'm not, you know, on the lookout for human trafficking, but like if you are trained and you know, and you see it, you're going to know what to do and you're going to, you're going to, Odds are you're going to spot it better because it, they are, they, the, the predators and the traffickers do hide it very well. Um, but even from our, I've done a few uh, in-person trainings with some of our leading ladies and some different programs internally. And I'll kind of educate them on what human trafficking is. And then I'll go into sharing the Highway Heroes video with them. And even though these, these women or these team members aren't necessarily truck drivers, I'll kind of preference the video as, you might not be a truck driver, but you're on the road. You get gas, you go to rest stops, you go on road trips. This video is important for you and, you know, can pertain to you. Um, so kind of view it like that. And after the video is over, not a dry eye in the room. So many questions, so many, what can we do next? What are our next steps? We want to get involved. How can we help? Um, just a lot of action. I think the video really inspires and drives action. The training does. Um, which is good. That's what you want. You don't just want another, um, like you want everybody to be educated and to be knowledge, but more than that, you want it to drive action and to drive next steps. And that is the main response that I got is what can I do next? How can I help? How can I get more involved? That's awesome. And there are a couple points, key points that, that I totally agree with is, you know, regardless of your role, um, you know, your profession, 
everyone has the opportunity to potentially see something. And when properly trained with, you know, facts, non-myths, um, as the training that the Florida Alliance offers, um, which is a part of the Attorney General's 100% Club, um, you know, you you remember some of the things that, you know, you've seen through those trainings. And rather than say, oh, you know what, you know, I'm at a rest stop or I'm, you know, stopped on a road trip, I'm, I'm going to place a phone call, whether that's to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, to, you know, local law enforcement, or again, if you think someone is in immediate danger, calling 911. Listening to kind of your gut feeling. Um, no one likes to get involved, especially when you don't know if something's going on, um, because you know, on one side of the coin, you, you think, oh gosh, if I'm wrong, then that could be detrimental to that individual, and I just you know made an allegation. But you know, I always say, what if something was going on and you prevented it? or you stopped it from continuing further. It, it only takes a few minutes and, you know, law enforcement can't do their investigatory work if they don't know that things are happening. So it's, it's so important to learn the signs, um, you know, take a train and then what you can do to your point about that action. So I did want to mention, um, you know, we're talking about the 100% club for those who aren't familiar. Um, it is a partnership between companies and organizations and the Florida office of the attorney general that recognizes those entities for taking proactive steps on the prevention side to train their employees about the signs of human trafficking, for providing quick references and resources uh, to effectively report you know, potential human trafficking. What would you tell a reluctant employee or organization that might say, you know what, don't have time. My employees are busy. I need them, you know, interfacing, you know, with members, clients, you know, depending upon their industry. What would you share with them about why it's so important and how it can impact um, your employees? I would first try to reach them personally. I would say, um, put yourself in this situation. Um, heaven forbid somebody in your family was trafficked. Somebody in your family um, went down a hard path, went missing, and um, is now at missing and being in, it, you know, trafficked, how would you feel? What would you want companies to do? What would you want your community to do and your business to do if that was your daughter, if that was your sister? Um, you would be all hands in, all hands on deck. Um, you, would, you would educate yourself and spread awareness and continually talk about it until you rescued her until you had her back. Um, so I always try to remember to remind people who are a little reluctant that these are humans. These are human beings who are out there, who deserve a better life, who are trapped in this cycle of toxicity. Um, and we can do something to help them. We can do something to stop it. Even if it's small and we're doing it together, it's working towards a, the common goal of ending it. Um, and I would definitely tell them about how the training has impacted us as a company and has brought us together as a company. We have something to stand behind, to rally behind. Um, our team members are have something to be excited about, have something to you know promote and to be proud about. Like I am a certified highway hero. I can save a life. I can't. I do know what to do in a situation that hopefully I will never be in. So just having that like company togetherness, that bond like we are working towards a common goal of stopping human trafficking together and we will do it um, really makes a difference. Uh, and honestly, we've seen 
since we started the program, higher retention rates. We our retention rates have um, definitely increased because we have we've actually had some team team members come to us specifically because we have implemented the Highway Heroes program, which is very interesting. I've had um, multiple team members who have started this past year or the year before who've emailed me and said, "Hey, I just want to let you know I saw you guys in in the in the news. I saw that you were working with." Um, the Florida Alliance to, get, uh, to End Human Trafficking and the Florida Attorney General, and I saw you implement the Highway Heroes program, and that is what motivated me to choose your company over the other company that I was planning on going with, because you guys are working to make a difference. You guys are out there, um, all hands on deck, out there working to truly help your community, and like you have action behind your words. Um, so those emails were shocking. I was like, wow, like we got, you know, a high level team member because of this, like, that's awesome. Um, so I would say business-wise, like retention rates, um, team bonding, a team spirit, something to work towards together um, have definitely all been great positive aspects that we've seen uh, through the Highway Heroes program. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, you think that when you apply for a job, most people aren't looking at kind of that corporate and social responsibility. So it's phenomenal that there have been employees that, you know, were committed to, you know, filling out the application and, and obviously noting it um, and, and you all acknowledging that, 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 you know, is it makes a wonderful employee and that they, you know, have um, are committed and adhere to, again, the, the corporate um, and cultural leadership that you all have is, is amazing. McKenna, you mentioned the signage that some of your drivers um, have placed on their trucks um, through the Highways Hero program and, and obviously as members of the 100% Club. Do people um, you know, ever come up to your drivers um, if, you, if you can share any stories that might have been you know, relayed to you? Because we all, again, um, to your earlier point, take you know, uh, road trips and, you know, the state of Florida has done a good job of putting up signage in various transportation hubs to, you know, note that human trafficking is a crime. Florida is a zero tolerance state. Here's the number to report it. Um, you know, and it, it can be a conversation starter because, you know, folks might not realize that um, how important it is, one, um, to, to know what to do if you suspect something, but for people that, again, might have that stereotype in their mind, it's an educational moment to have a conversation. So have any of your drivers or other em internal employees um, shared any stories with you about um, you know, people maybe that they don't know or, or folks that are, are in their network have commented on, on seeing those, those tags or any signage on, on their vehicles? Yes. So we did actually have one driver who was approached by another company's driver at a rest stop. Um, and if I remember correctly, he basically, the, the other driver basically told our driver that they also went through the Highway Heroes training and that it was awesome to see that they had signage on their cars about it because they are on their trucks about it because their company did not do that. Um, so they got to, you know, have a conversation through that and make a connection there. And we actually had one of our biggest competitors, um, email Jeff Jackson, our president and CEO, saying congratulations about the Highway Heroes program and how awesome it is that we're involved in that and just how humbled he is to see us doing um, such good work and, and really helping our community in that aspect. Um, so I think both of those are pretty big examples about how other people see what we're doing and value that and 
um, want to mimic it. Like other businesses have approached me and have been like, hey, can I, you know, my even internal team members, like we had um, somebody from our HR whose husband works for a different company. I can't remember what company, um, but they have a decent sized trucking fleet. And she said, hey, I want to get these this company through the Highway Heroes training program too. My husband can facilitate it. Um, can you send me all the links? Can you let me know how to do it? Can you put me in touch with the right people? Um, so just getting the word out there, it's, it's insane how many people come back and are like, give us more. Like, how do we get more involved? You know, how can we spread this even more? That's, that's wonderful. And for people who want to learn more about the Highway Heroes program through the Office of the Attorney General or the 100% Club, the train, people can visit youcanstophht.com. Labor trafficking is actually a larger global crime than commercial sexual exploitation or sex trafficking, um, according to the International Labor Organization. But sex trafficking, you know, is in the headlines, unfortunately, all too frequently um, here in our state and and around the country. Um, You know, have your drivers or, um, you know, fellow employees mentioned again, because, you know, especially for the drivers, they are going in all different sorts of communities, driving across interstates and rural communities, um, where again, there might not always be um, awareness programs that, you know, um, that people are, are mindful of. So how has, again, because the drivers are going into different parts of the community, different parts of the state, how has their, um, you know, perceptions or the training and the education impacted them specifically to labor trafficking? That's a good question. I think the drivers are more aware of it, especially when um, they're working, our drivers help load our trucks, right? So I think when our manufacturer or our line workers are helping them load the trucks, the drivers can be kind of more aware of it when they're dropping the products off, they can be more aware of it at other, um, you know, dealerships or manufacturing locations or storage locations. Labor trafficking, I think is very ingrained in the manufacturing industry and agricultural, agricultural industry. Um, And being that we're in Florida, both of them are very, very prevalent and very large. Since we are a manufacturer, we do have our eye out for labor trafficking within our workforce. Um, we, a few years back, we actually had a, a situation come up where women were being trafficked in a labor trafficking ring. Um, somebody who was called the Coyote was basically helping women come from, it was, I think it was Haiti or the Dominican, another country, come over here and he would get them a job with us and house them and then take, their, take all the money that they made. He would bring them to and from work. A lot of we we found out because I'm pretty sure a lot of these women would show up, um, you know, bruised and malnourished, un, un, unfed, not well. Basically, the, the the guy was not working for us, but we handled the situation properly, um, reported it to the police and the National Human Trafficking Hotline, um, and were able to help the women get out of that situation that they were in and work for us freely as they should be able to do. So I think just situations like that are very prevalent and big companies that are in manufacturing and agricultural agricultural products should be aware of that because labor trafficking can often be really, really hard to spot, um, especially because a lot of times the victims in labor trafficking don't know 
at all that they're being trafficked. They think that this is the normal. They think that, um, oh, this guy helped me come over here, so I owe him this. You know, I owe him this debt, but that's not necessarily the case. So I think just that education with within the businesses and the leadership of the businesses specifically is very important. Well, and to your point about the employees that you have um, and your drivers loading, you know, the trucks, um, it's so important as you know a business owner or an individual doing business with a company to know who's working with or for them. Um, you know, the state of Florida. Um, uh, as a peninsula, we get some super inclement weather and we know that Hurricane Ian, Tropical Storm Nicole in 2022 impacted various parts of the state devastatingly. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be rebuilding their homes um, if they were demolished or doing, you know, renovations because of the damage. And, you know, People, you know, you know, do their due diligence. They're researching contractors, different people, um, you know, to work with. But who are the subcontractors that are working with the contractors, and who are they employing? Um, and we know anecdotally, and because of reports after Hurricane Michael in the Panhandle in 2018, there were um, crews of individuals who were being um, labor trafficked. You know, forced to work for again not reputable folks, not the people that we're going to see online doing the right thing, but because the the demand was so much for people to rebuild and, and get their lives back to normal, um, you know, they they were engaging um, in some illicit activity, you know, from a, a forced labor and, and human trafficking standpoint. So it's so important, again, you can't reiterate enough about taking trainings, um, you know, learning those signs, having the conversations with you know, fellow colleagues, other companies, families, um, you know, within your house of worship um, to say, here's what it is. And um, once you are equipped with those resources, you know, make the phone call and and report, you know, potential suspicious activity. Right. And as a business, even um, opening up your HR to, to be receptive to this, you know, it's not something you're going to hear every day, but if you do hear it, what do you do? If you do have one of your employees that is in a bad situation and thinks they might be being trafficked and feels threatened, what do you do? You know, you need to take action right away. Um, so having your HR trained in that, I think it's also very important. And just like telling your team members, hey, we are here for you. If you are in a bad situation, come to us for help. We can help you. We are trained. We are ready to help you. We want you to be living the best life possible and we want to help you get there. McKenna, I want to thank you so much and PGT Innovations for being a member, uh, founding member of the 100% Club and your proactive efforts to training your truck drivers and your employees um, about human trafficking. So once again, thank you for joining the podcast today and look forward to continuing the partnership um, and the conversation in the future. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Just um, from PGT Innovations, we are grateful to be able to help this cause and represent um, businesses and manufacturers who are working to make a difference. And then also from somebody who has been so closely involved with trafficking and has seen this happening firsthand, it, it really means a lot that you guys are out there on the front lines working and doing everything that you can to stop this in the state of Florida. So thank you. I want to thank McKenna with PGT Innovations for sharing, you know, such interesting perspective and sharing, you know, some pretty personal stories. I found it so interesting, the story she shared about the mission trip. Um, she shared about um, going um, to another country 
and seen individuals who um, were, you know, definitely in an exploitive situation and how she felt just seeing these, you know, individuals of all different ages and that they, as expressing to her, felt that they did not, they were not worthy of the roses that, you know, McKenna and her friends were, were handing out during this mission trip. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Toll, you know, people, um, you know, have maybe a false sense or uh, maybe a misconception about human trafficking, say here in the state of Florida. Um, you know, unfortunately, as we know, victims can be any gender, age, um, ethnicity, nationality, come from any socioeconomic background. Can you talk about kind of the I guess the harm really sometimes entertainment can do with, you know, uh, falsifying and perpetuating those stereotypes. And again, as, as you know, as a, as a licensed mental health counselor, anyone at any point can be potentially vulnerable, but it is based on potential risk factors. And some individuals have more of them based on their experience um, or their you know circumstance to an, a potentially exploitive situation. So can you talk about that and um, maybe, you know, remind our audience some of the, the indicators and signs of human trafficking? And one of, one of the primary myths is that trafficking, individuals that are trafficked are brought in from other countries, that it's not happening, you know, to U.S. citizens and people, you know, naturalized citizens and people that are born here. Uh, and that's just a myth. Yes, it is true that many are brought from outside the country and are trafficked here in the United States. You know, probably, and you know better than I do about the statistics of, you know, probably the highest, one of the highest rates of trafficking in the world is here in the United States. And, um, and but some of them come from outside. But our own citizens are at high risk for trafficking because of some vulnerabilities. But it, you don't have to have any vulnerabilities to be um, um pulled into the life of trafficking. If people are, you know, pulled off the street, that's not a common occurrence. But that grooming of of recognizing someone who may be struggling, who may be, you know, um, struggling in school and they're, you know, or they're, again, grow up in poverty where they don't have a lot of extras. And so the, the trafficker, you know, recognizes that and, and cashes in on that and takes advantage of that. Those kinds of things, you know, so the greater vulnerabilities, so the classic ones of, you know, again, we mentioned earlier, growing up in foster care, I didn't mention having a parent that's incarcerated or in and out of, in and out of the, uh, the jails and prisons, parent with a chronic physical illness, parent with a substance use disorder, parent with a, even a chronic medical condition, you know, that may take them in and out of the house because they're in treatment or have to be hospitalized. Uh, chronic mental illness that, you know, through no fault of the parent, takes them away from the primary parenting responsibility so that supervision and support safety net may not be available to them. Any other situation that creates a struggle, um, you know, when we talk about trauma and assess trauma, you know, the, the industry standard now is certain, and it's been a number of years, asking, have you been traumatized? Have you experienced trauma? Then it moves to, have you not only, if you've experienced trauma, have you experienced it directly yourself or have you witnessed trauma? So growing up in a home where you weren't beaten by the parent, but you witnessed domestic violence where dad was beating on mom or mom was beating on dad, those increase vulnerabilities and increases, you know, um, and what we would call is trauma. And again, those brain changes taking place and occurring in the uh, in the brain. So when you talk about the signs and, and what we identifiers of those who are being trafficked. For instance, on a, you know, airline industry has created some great 
training for recognizing human trafficking. So when the flight attendant comes through and there's a an adult with a uh, adolescent and what would you like to drink? And he or she answers for them. Um, they get up and go to the bathroom and the adult goes with them. You know, what, what adolescent needs to be escorted to the bathroom and, and being monitored outside the door. Um, those things that look odd and different, um, beginning to take a look and see what looks odd and different. Withdrawal, you know, from a labor trafficking perspective, I always say if a white van pulls up in your neighborhood, and I don't know why they're always white, but they seem to be, you know, and a bunch of adolescents get out and they're selling things door to door, you know, and you, and you ask, so, you know, who are you selling for and, and where where do you live? They're unable to give those kinds of answers. So when they can't give real data, that suggests that something else is going on. The other kinds of things include inability to express themselves or their story changing. You know, they, they relate one story this time and another story a, a different time. Things like school attendance, you know, for when we talk about youth and adolescence, that they're in and out of school and seeing the typical kinds of things like seeing grades drop, those kinds of things. Oftentimes coming home with, with things that they wouldn't didn't get from the parents, um, you know, gifts and things that the traffickers providing to them. Um, and then also uh, that isolation and withdrawal, uh, moving from activities that were enjoyable and pleasant in the past. Now they're now they're disengaged. So, you know, she was on the cheerleading team and now she's backed away from that or they really enjoyed a sporting activity and they've backed away from that. Um, or, you know, they they really wanted to be in the school choir and they went through the process and got selected and then they stopped. Abrupt changes in behavior um, are also indicators. Um, sometimes, just like with child abuse, going back to childlike behaviors like wetting the bed, you know, clinging to a parent, um, being very uh, connected or, or holding tight to things that, that have created a sense of safety for them, um, and having, again, those extreme emotional reactions that the, the feeling, the emotion doesn't equal the situation or circumstance. I think it's always so important to share those potential signs and indicators of human trafficking. So Dr. Toll, thank you for, for sharing those with our audience. The other thing I wanted to um, touch on that, you know, McKenna talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the proactive nature in which PGT has really taken on, you know, anti-human trafficking awareness and educating its employees and the, thus the greater community. They were um, a member of, as McKenna said, the Highway Heroes Program, which is an effort to train truckers um, from Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. And they're also, um, as we learned, um, founding members of the 100% Club. I just think it's it's so admirable and, and remarkable that their president, you know, Jeff Jackson, along with McKenna and their leadership, you know, really took this head on and, you know, surprised to learn that there really wasn't any pushback, you know? So there are a lot of different things that we, we do, um, again, based on your profession. Obviously, Dr. Toll, you have to take a lot of continuing ed and, and substantive training, but that for an industry like truck drivers, um, you know, folks in manufacturing who are moving goods and services across our state, the Southeast and beyond, that their drivers were excited, they were engaged, they, you know, shared stories, um, you know, with one another and their networks and families about how the training kind of changed their perspective. Dr. Toll, do you see that, you know, maybe fairly often and that, you know, uh, 
obviously myths are are dispelled once an individual takes a training and, and learns the facts. So we're not perpetuating them, you know, future. I could get into a, a very long-winded response about, um, you know, the proliferation of social media and the stereotypes about, about, about human trafficking. But I just think it's, it's so wonderful that collectively as an organization, PGT was all in. Um, can you talk about the leadership and maybe some other, you know, industries that are, are out you know, and about in various communities, um, because as McKenna outlined, you know, their drivers are, are everywhere in communities, um, working with, you know, local workforces, um, and sometime on a regular cadence. So being able to spot those signs, not turn a blind eye, if you will, or tamp down the feeling they get in the pit of their stomach when they see something, if they're on a long stretch, um, on an interstate that just doesn't sit well. Um, can, can you talk about the various industries that, you know, play such a big role in preventing human trafficking and, and raising awareness? Certainly. And, I, and one point I'd like to make, too, prior to jumping into that is, you know, in, with, with humans, we tend to sometimes paint with a very broad brush, you know, so we may perceive long distance truck drivers as this or a biker club or someone who rides a motorcycle and wears a leather jacket and a helmet when they're doing that as this. And we know that's, that's always the exception, not the rule. So getting past our own, you know, stereotypes, our internalized stereotypes um, to recognize that generally, and, and I'm an optimist and, and believe that, you know, given the opportunity to do good or evil, people are going to do good and that everybody really does have a vested interest in those um, the rest of us that live on this planet. So those industries that have, you know, access, like the hospitality industry, you know, that's, you know, that's a big part of what our training came about from the first place was to help hospitality industry because you see so many people and those are environments that are frequently used, you know, for um, trafficking. And so what are those signs and those symptoms? Um, recently, I, the Alliance has talked about, you know, and even talked about some legislation with, you know, fire inspectors and others, people and industries that go into places that not everybody goes, that may be increased environments where trafficking occurs, you know, this opportunity for isolation from the general population. So no one's going to see um, neighborhoods, um, you know, so people, you know, like UPS delivery, you know, FedEx, you know, Uber drivers, those people, you know, those industries that have you know, opportunity to be in places that most of us don't go on a regular basis where we may see and pick up. And again, not necessarily intervening directly yourself, but providing that piece of the puzzle. Um, we talked about healthcare already. Um, and again, those really those key industries that come in regular contact with individuals, but in the environments that um, the rest of us, again, as I said, are, um, don't go to that really plays an important role. Yeah, the fire safety inspectors was a great addition uh, in the 2021-22 legislative session that one of your fellow board members, Representative Toby Overdorf, worked with the industry to include in legislation because they were seeing things that were again, not sitting right with them and potentially suspicious. So proactively said, you know what, we want to include this in our ongoing training. And we feel so strongly that we want to put it into law, which, you know, that doesn't always happen all the time. Um, but it was so, you know, indicative of their commitment to increasing awareness statewide, and hopefully, you know, preventing human trafficking. 
And when you mentioned that, Aaron, it really, you know, things like, I mean, again, thinking about industries that go into home, HVAC, you know, I just had, I just had my HVAC system serviced. You know, so all of those kinds of industries that provide in-home services that could recognize. So, and, you know, an hour of a person's time, you know, what would you, would you give an hour to win the Powerball or would, are you willing to give an hour to watch, you know, an educational um, message around human trafficking that can save lives, does save lives? And I'd be remiss, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the signs and the indicators. We learned more about the 100% Club and other statewide awareness campaigns through the Office of the Attorney General um, and our own Florida Alliance training. But I'd be remiss if I didn't remind our audience about the National Human Trafficking Hotline number, which is 888-373-7888, or you can text BE FREE to 233-733. And as always, if you think that someone is in immediate danger and needs help, to call 911 um, to inform law enforcement. Dr. Toll, I want to thank you for serving as co-host on this episode of the podcast. Your insights um, and your experience um, has been beneficial um, for me, not only learning more, um, but providing more context and dispelling those myths and providing, you know, facts and, and more information for our audience. So thank you so much. Thank you, Erin. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. This has been another podcast from the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. Mm-hmm.